Hello, everyone. This is Jack Mitchell on SBL Perspectives with my esteemed colleague, John Bricado. And we have another action-packed episode in store for you. I say action-packed because we're on the move here. This is our transportation episode, and I'm going to let John get into the special that we have on for a lot of our peers who are facing, you know, transportation issues this year as we continue on through the pandemic. Yeah, as Jack said, on the move for sure. I mean, if you've been under a rock, you may not know that there's a national driver shortage, but I'm sure everybody sitting in the business official seat is well aware of that. So today we have Jim Nestico, who's a transportation supervisor at the Kenmore Tonawanda School District in Western New York. And we really kind of dive into what they've been doing to combat the driving shortage and really what Jim has seen in the industry over the 32 years that he's been affiliated with it. So we have a really great conversation with him and we we hope you really glean something from it today. And here's our interview with Jim Nestico. Today on the podcast, we have Jim Nestico. Jim Nestico has been in the transportation industry for 32 years. He started his career in managing trucking and moved into pupil transportation 12 years ago with First Student, where he was a senior location manager for the city of Buffalo contract. There, he managed a budget of $9.5 million and negotiated union collective bargaining agreements consisting of 750 members. In 2017, Jim started as a transportation supervisor at the Kenmore Town of Tanawanda Union Free School District, where he now manages all aspects of transportation, including hiring, routing, dispatching, and maintenance. Jim, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you on. Yes, John. Thank you for the invitation, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is good stuff, Jim. Thanks for taking the time, too. I mean, I'm excited uh, to have you on because this is something that's really, in this current year, such a big issue uh, for a lot of our peers. So, again, I really, really thank you. I, I want to get things rolling off, Jim. I know you've got great experience at this, being a supervisor, transportation. I can tell you from my own personal perspective, and that's the name of our podcast, right? SBO Perspectives. We're all SBOs here or, or, or you know, affiliated in some, some fashion. When... When I hear conversations with my peers talking about they're going to get their CDL license and how that there's so much going on in transportation share more than ever, I want your perspective as far as how have you really seen this, this transit, you know, this sector change, I guess, in the past five years as well as this year? And I guess, could you maybe mention any of the types of challenges that, that have really, you know, hedged up through the years? Certainly. In the last five years, I think the biggest things that I've seen, it has a lot to do with technology. Um, mm-hmm. Anything from technology with buses, different fuels, you know, it's diesel used to be the main component. And now all of a sudden there's a, a trend almost moving back to gasoline because the diesel engines have been more of a pain and you oh, know, yeah? start having more issues with diesel buses and breaking down and that it was components that were put on the bus to be able to make it more fuel efficient to be make it less pollution and it seemed wow. to be more headache. So they've gone back to gas. We've been purchasing gas, but then the there's the big push now, of course, for electric and, and yeah. infrastructure uh, build. I think you're going to see that coming faster than, you know, we all thought it was going to happen. You know, propane buses, CNG buses, going back to technology. Now you can get tablets on your bus. They're going to get turn by turn. So you don't have that driver carrying a route sheet, trying to read a route sheet and, you know, keep his eyes on the phone <laughs> back of his head watching kids and you know they're they're, yeah the technology just keeps growing with it so and jim you have that technology in your district right now how is that working out for you with the tablets it's we piloted it john with 10 different 10 tablets and it's 
it's been a struggle. And when I think timing had a lot to do with it because we started it and then we moved into summer and then all of a sudden we moved into COVID. And I'm not 100% sold on it yet that it's there. I think it's going to be there. It's improving. I think it may be work out more in rural districts. Um, but there was like a great example is we're going down the highway, we're going down the road and there's a highway going over the top of us and it's telling us to make a right-hand turn on a highway. So <laughs> yeah. they're working out with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely the future, you know, and you're not going to have people carrying route sheets and it's going to do a lot of things. I think it's going to, they think it's going to help driver retention because it's going to make that job easier for them. Okay. Cause I know, I know you were struggling a lot with substitute drivers and it's tough when you have somebody who isn't familiar with a route. So the solution hopefully was to have this readily available to a sub driver. So it's really just kind of turn by turn. So there really is no room for interpretation, right? Correct. And they made it very safe. So when you're driving down the road, it's got a black screen. As soon as you stop the bus, the screen will light up, but it's giving you the verbal turn by turn as you're going nice. down the road. So a driver that's not familiar with the run at all, he can have that tablet and someone's going to be telling him, make right turn on Smith Street. Mm-hmm. And, and you said easier for the sub driver. You had mentioned the gasoline portion too. I, I know you've been transitioning a lot of your fleet over to gasoline. Now, what is kind of the split between diesel and gasoline in your fleet since you've been kind of moving towards a different fuel source? Since I have been here now for four years, all of our big buses we bought is gasoline. And we're to the point now where our fuel tank here is a split tank. It's got a bigger portion. It's like a 60-40 split for diesel and gasoline. And we're wow. right it over to make the gasoline the bigger portion than the diesel wow <laughs> isn't that something yeah. i probably and, 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 I, and, I and yeah i'm sorry i was going to say and you're probably going to be looking at electric or some other turn in the future too right yeah, absolutely i'm part of me says geez i hope i hope i can retire before i got to deal with that <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's coming fast i think you know but there's a lot of stuff that has to go into place with infrastructure it's got to be set up before you know before you can uh-huh. even get approach to start Let's let's buy an electric bus, you know, but I've been meeting with dealership. I've been on some podcasts some webinars, listen to podcasts, you know, where it's a lot of discussion that that's that's the future. And, and that was going to be my question. Has have any vendors, are they at the point where they're trying to approach school districts with the possibility of electric busing or is that still too new? No, they're out there. And I was at a conference, uh, the STN conference in Indianapolis at the beginning of the month. And I met with some vendors there. Our our main vendor right now is Bluebird Bus. They actually have a district down in the southern tier of the Lakeshore District that is going to be getting a pilot with one of them. Wow. To kind of test the water. But I I met with a bunch of my counterparts in Indianapolis that have already started the process and they have electric buses and, you know, they're liking Mm. it. Wow. So I guess that'll be a real test case for the Western New York region to see how Lake Lakeshore does with the, um, yeah. the electric bus. So, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into the infrastructure, like you said, and so many different facets to the transportation office. And I'm, I guess what I want to know from you and what I want you to tell our listeners, because this is a critically important piece, especially now with driver shortages and so much going into the budget, what can a school business official do to best support your role in really the entirety of the transportation department? Well, I think the first step is get your CDL guys. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Just it's a little on the bus. these days, you know? <laughs> so, you know what, it, it's, how do you support it? I, I think the biggest thing is where, where I've seen at one time, it was pretty prestigious to work for a school district. Okay. <laughs> now we're struggling against the, you know, the private sector. Amazon. And 
You can say the the private (laughs) sector has gone way up and we're still staying at the same place. So it is not places like that. We start a bus driver right now that the new CBA just went into effect. I want to say it's like 1868 to be a a CBL bus driver. Mm -hmm. And, but I can go to Taco Bell and make $17 an hour and have a lot less headaches. Yeah. You don't have a bus full of kids screaming at you. Exactly. You know, and I think that's a big part in, in, Private sector's got a lot more latitude to be able to, to move that around. You know, they their their contracts with their CBA is maybe a three or four step process and you're at top pay already. You know, and wow. in three years, four years, you're making $26 an hour. Where in our for our contract, for example, it takes you 12 years to get there. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah. salaries are a big thing right now. And I don't even think it's as much as benefits. I think it's show me the money. That's that's today's day. Show me the money. Reworking the salaries. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's what we can and do. I think that's that's the biggest thing is that in and make sure I always say make sure transportation's got a seat at the table. Okay, because too yeah, many sure. finding out things after the fact of going, oh yeah, we got this new program, we need transportation, and they've been working on it for two months, and now it's getting dumped in my lap, and they want to start in a week, and I'm going, wait, hey, put the brakes on, guys. You know, this is <laughs> you no, know, I'm not saying no, we can't do it, but I'm mm-hmm. saying this is what we need to make it happen. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm sure it's been especially apparent in the past two years with the pandemic. I mean, transportation has yep. been flipped upside down. So I'm hoping, I'm sure you did, but I'm hoping you had a seat at the table <laughs> with, yeah, with all for of that, that. For that, we did, but it doesn't seem to fail. It's even when they're trying to do programs and, you know, there's talk of doing late programs now because there's funding out there that, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to say get the kids back up to speed to where they were. And it, you know, when you hire a bus driver, you tell a bus driver, this is what we're going to do. You're going to work you know, in the morning for a couple hours, in the afternoon, a couple hours, you know, and then I'll say, hey, we're going to have this late problem. We want you to work till six o'clock at night. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I yeah. didn't sign up. You know? <laughs> so it's a hard sell. And, you know, when you look at your, what's your ideal candidate to be a bus driver? I always look at that, you know, and for our, okay. we don't want the person that thinks they're going to make this, their family on this. Okay. This is a part-time job. Your ideal candidate is whether it's the retired corrections officer or somebody that's retired that just wants to pick up a little money or the mom getting back into the workforce, that's mm-hmm. our candidate. You know, that's what we're looking for, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of hard to, to, you know, when you're doing all these auxiliary programs and stuff like that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you need to, give, you need to have a voice to, to gotcha. you need to make it happen. So, so getting back, cause I almost asked this question in the beginning, but I didn't want to jump into it. So we, and we've been hitting it back a couple of times. You know, the big issue, the driver shortage. And like, I guess I'm hearing districts in a different ways of them being created. And I won't get now. I'll, I'll let you kind of speak to it. But uh, I guess from your perspective, in your district, how long have you been dealing with the driver shortage? Right. And, and like, how has it really transformed since the pandemic? Because, I mean, you've heard in a year. I mean, I've, I've heard districts in my end, you know, some of them go bankrupt. I'm not bankrupt. So on the bus companies, because I don't use I use contractual out here. But, you know, what is it? in your engine like like how are you dealing with the driver shortage well you know i've been in the industry i started back in 09 and we're it wasn't that bad back then okay we're just coming out of you know recession was you know in place yeah but i always said what can fix the driver shortage is a recession because there's always going to be those jobs right that's what guys we had a recession (laughs) we're kind of in it it didn't fix it Okay. If anything, it's kind of worse now than it's ever been before. You know, what we did here was last year when COVID hit, we would normally run 98 runs in a given year. And when COVID hit last year between driver shortage and 
lack of student ridership, we cut it to 87 runs. So came back this year, I challenged my routers to say, we don't have the drivers. You got to do this with 87 drivers, 87 runs, and that's it. Now, realistically, did I think it was possible? Not really. But if I didn't say that and throw down that gauntlet, we would have just went back to 98 runs and they would have built 98 runs. So we landed okay. about at 91 runs. So that really helped us get because we never be able to pull the 98 runs. Are you, are you doing double runs? Because some dishes I heard are like just starting earlier, right? Because they have such shortages. They're just doing a run to, you know, one set of schools early mm-hmm. and then another set of schools. So they're doubling up in the morning and the afternoon. So you guys doing stuff like that or no? No, we haven't gotten that far yet. Districts have changed their bell times to be able to do that. We haven't looked at that yet, but mm-hmm. there have been a couple times this year where we just told the school, sorry, we'll get there as soon as we can. It's, you know, we're going to be running a half hour late. We've had di- drivers double up, but not as far as like officially changing, you know, the bell times to make that happen. And, yeah. and I saw an article and it, it, it was a, in the capital region, I believe last week, where a few districts actually just pivoted to remote instruction because they were so badly hurting for drivers. Have you gotten anywhere close to that point where you're not able to bring kids to school or are you able to kind of manage with your 91 runs this year? No, we're managing with our 91 runs. It's, it's kind of by hook or by crook we're doing it. You know, there's dispatchers driving, there's mechanics driving, you know, that's, that hasn't changed at all. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot of splitting up of runs, you know, we'll, we'll look, mm-hmm you know, consolidating, going, okay, we're going to take this group of kids and move them to this route, this group of, you know, 125 isn't that driver's called in sick today. We're moving all those. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, when someone calls in yep. sick, it then, yeah. Yep, exactly. So we're, we're splitting runs and divvying okay. things up, but we're getting by. It's, it's you know what I say? It's kind of like a puzzle and you got to figure out how to put it together before the end of the day. Huh, right? Nice, I like that. And, and so how are the parents and the buildings responding to it? Are they kind of understanding of your situation or are they are you being met with a little bit more opposition no they're it's i gotta be honest they've been very understanding you know what but it's been very public too right I mean, in the national media all the way across the country it's it's not a secret that there's a bus driver shortage so you know the buildings are understanding it and you know we haven't really we haven't gotten any grief from parents at all isn't isn't a national guard on the way and something like that i'm sorry what's that the national guard there wasn't it some chatter or talk about the national guard as like can we some help present it yeah in Bo- i want to say in boston they actually did pull out the guard and the guard was helping and i know at one point i thought kathy Oakley started mentioning it about trying to do some stuff in new york state wow um, i know there are districts there was it was very public that they did some changing around up in niagara falls because they were hurting so badly i know frontier school districts in the southern tier changed their bell times just to be able to okay. you know, combat driver shortage so with the driver shortage, I mean, I'm sure you want to recruit and hang on to your drivers as best as possible. So what kind of tactics are you employing at your district to both recruit and retain drivers to make sure that you're able to fulfill those runs? I, I feel best recruiting tool you can do. I call it small ball. OK, you don't have to go out and get to go on the go on the media and get commercials and radios. You know what? Yard signs in front of your building, yard signs in front of your schools. I feel are one of the best things we, we still employ. We got the bus parked out in a lot with the big sign on it. You know what? And I got to tell you calls every day from that. Really? Um, yep. And then we went out and got uh, a half a dozen, wow. you know, signs and put them around town. Like that we rented signs, the big signs and just put those around town. So we didn't have to spend a lot of money at it for advertising. And we've do, we get, we get calls constantly. The problem is, is it's not, there's a lot of work that happens, happens 
before they can even become a bus driver. So oh. anybody off the street, if they don't have any experience, they got to start by going to get their permit. Okay. Then the permit, then we start, then we start the training process. Okay. And I tell somebody from the time they come with a permit, you're two months away before you're cut loose on your own being a bus driver. So there's a oh. lot that's into play. There's a lot of regulations that are put in, in play of mm-hmm. to have fingerprints. That's you got to be yeah. able to the drug test. I mean, it's not an easy, easy thing to do. So are you uh, seeing new drivers coming to you with little to no experience? Or are you seeing some drivers come with credentials already where they can just kind of hit the ground running? No, more so I'm seeing people that are no experience. They're, they're coming in and saying, hey, I hear there's a driver shortage. You know, what can I, you know, I want to become a driver. Wow. We're seeing more of that. But I would say 25% of the people that I interview will come back with a permit. So. Okay. We tried something new this year, and this came actually from our business official that she picked it up from a fellow business official downstate, I want to say in Binghamton. And mm-hmm. it really, it took off really well. I kind of, I have to admit, I laughed at it first, but it was called Drive and Sign. And what we did was we, we opened up from 3.30 to 6.30. We advertised a hell of it on social media. And we said, hey, come on, you thinking about being a bus driver? Come on in, meet our trainers. We'll even let you take a bus for a ride around the parking lot. Really? Sit down. Interview. Yeah, it was driving sign. And believe it or not, we had oh. 13 people that evening. Wow, that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. That's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And, I, and I got to tell you, all of a sudden we did it. The Lancaster School District did it. And, okay, you know, they, it really took off. So, you know, trying to trying to think outside the box. I like that's creative. Yeah, you know, good. and it's like I laughed. I said, OK, you know, but when your boss says we're doing this, we do it. You know, drive sign. 13. You got that's a good start. 13 wow. interviews we did. And, and, and a couple of people came back with, with their permits already. That's great. great. Yeah, uh, so, so it's something different. Yeah, I would appreciate that. So, I, you know, with anything we do, and your time is very valuable, we're coming to a close here. That's great advice. I mean, that's a good tidbit. So our list is going to love that. But, you know, generally speaking, I always ask the question to anybody that comes on our guest, what advice could you give to any business official out there, whether they're old, new, young, or even trying to become one when it, when it comes to transportation? Be supportive. It's, you know, it's, I, I say push technology. I think technology helps the, the department by all means, you know, and like I said before, it's joking, get the CD out, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> down here again. But yeah, I think it goes back to technology. I think having that seat at the table and, and listening to what they have to say, you know, those guys are the, the boots on the ground, you know, and I think that we have to listen to our drivers and it kind of goes up from there and be supportive. And that's one thing that I've started yeah. here of, you know, everybody's had it rough and we mm-hmm. want to make sure that everybody feels appreciated. Okay. So one of the things, and it kind of goes back to the retention, how do we, how do we retain? And we do a weekly, a biweekly newsletter. And I end my biweekly newsletter with a quote of like teamwork, because, you know, that's what it takes. It's, it's, there's no I in team. We all have to do this together. And then, you know, every other week or every once a month, I'd like to drop a little note in everybody's mailbox saying, thank you. Thank you. A special thanks for the drivers that have come forward. Oh, wow. Helped us do special runs and, and helped us split up runs and took extra kids and gone above and beyond the call of duty, you know? We want to know that they're appreciated for doing that. 
Awesome. The support is huge. So, so Jim, the next time you do a drive and sign, let me know. Maybe I'll sign up and get my CDL. You know, (laughs) get you in around here. You just want to take that bus for a spin around the parking lot, John. I know. Right. (laughs) Get behind that. Yeah, I would. (laughs) Well, Jim, um, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a a great conversation, and I know our listeners are going to love hearing this because transportation really is kind of at the forefront these days with with the driver shortage, and there's you know, we have to get creative and it sounds like you guys are doing a great job with that over at Kenton. So congratulations on what you've been doing and thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Transportation is the first one of the ladder guys. That's what I tell everybody. Absolutely. This is really good stuff. Thank you guys. It was great talking to you. you. I think I get back. I see a couple calls there coming in. So (laughs) 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 we appreciate you. And that was our interview with Jim Nestico, Transportation Supervisor at Kenmore Tonawanda School District. Thank you again, Jim, for your time today. You've really given us a lot to think about and a lot to kind of digest. And Jack, you know, maybe you and I can get involved in a little drive and sign action ourselves, you know? I, I would love that. Drive and sign and for free? I mean, like, why not, right? <laughs> At least take a spin around the parking lot. But as you can yeah. see, you really have to get creative these days. And I think that's demonstrated pretty well with Jim's conversation with us today. That was pretty cool. If I had to do it, I'd do it myself. But again, I contract. But, you know, for those listening, hope you really pick up on stuff like that. I mean, he really has some creative ways. And my discussion went, you know, right where it needed to be in this in this time. And that's why we, we selected this episode to have on. So hopefully you had a good treat. And uh, with that, I want to say that we're almost at the end of the year. I can't Crazy. believe it. We got a handful of episodes left before we get out of here. So we got some special treats in store. We probably really like the, our live location. We got a great feedback on the SPMW last week. That was so much fun. And now, you know, we're rolling into the, the final stretch, holiday season. It's a really different type of episode you'll be hearing about. So hopefully you stay tuned, pick up more. And so with that, Jack Mitchell, along with John Bricado, signing off SPL Perspectives. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.